Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City, folks. <laughs> Sorry, copyright. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Welcome to the 10th episode of Allied Rebels! <laughs> we are your hosts. I'm Roxy. And I'm Dee. Hi, Dee. Hello. How's it going? It's going great. I know. We are doing fabulous today. Today's topic is. Oh, wait, there's no topic today! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are going to be doing a random session, a little random sesh. Kind of a bitch sesh. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> a bitch sesh. Um, kind of had a lot of thoughts about the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City movie, so we're going to be <coughs> breaking it down. Yeah, in the nicest way possible for us. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. Let's find out. <laughs> but really quick, just some updates with the podcast. Obviously, this is our 10th episode, so we are super excited about it. What is, like, one of your favorite episodes that we've done so far, D? Okay, so this is not fair, because I literally loved every single one we've done. But I would say, going back and listening to, one of my favorite ones is the Marvel one. Oh, awesome! Just because, like, I laughed the entire time. Also, the Krampus Santa one. <laughs> That was really fun, too. And, of course, the Resident Evils and Princess Bride. See? Like, I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, all ten of them, actually. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I mean, we are hilarious. <laughs> How about you, Roxy? Well, I feel the same way. They've all been really fun to do. And we just have a blast when we record. And I want to say that my favorite one is probably the Resident Evil 2 episode. It is the longest one, and then it, we actually cut down like two hours off of that, believe yeah. it or not. Seriously, though, literally, we had, what, four hours of... Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it was really good stuff, too, but yeah, anyway, it was just so much fun, and we love that game, so it was, like, really fun to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say, like, because I do the editing, one of the, my... The, one of the more challenging episodes. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> one of the more challenging episodes was Resident Evil 2. <laughs> so that's what's hilarious about it. Right. I love it and I hate it at the same time. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that one. <laughs> what about you? I've got, okay, I've got two. The very first one, just because of how many times... You guys don't oh. understand how many times we re-recorded that episode because technical issues, like our microphones weren't working or like for some reason the recording didn't get saved or it was just such, oh, oh my, my God. God. A like, nightmare. <sighs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, hey, we powered through that. We did. So we did. I'm proud of us. Pat in the back. Because <laughs> that was really rough. And um, also the SpongeBob episode because I fully <laughs> expected it to be like, Boom, boom, done. We got this researched. It's no problem. And we spent forever researching SpongeBob. <laughs> we did. We did. I did not expect it to take that long. 
<laughs> That's kind of how I felt about the Disney episode. I did not think we were going to take that long yeah. looking stuff up. And then I was like, next thing I know, we got a ton of pages of research and we got like, you know, we just spent hours doing it. I was like, wow. <laughs> right. And yeah, Disney is an another one that like mm -hmm. stressed me out because I was like, oh, this is going to be super easy. This is not going to be a problem. Like I'll talk about a couple of my favorite rides and maybe a little bit about the history and then no, you find out like we talked, we cut out a ton of stuff. Yeah, we did. And we did, we purposely left out a ton of stuff to talk about. Like, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. The stuff you guys, like, if we ever did like a blooper or a, like a like, live session, <laughs> that's kind that's of That's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we did take a little while to release this episode, and that's because of Dee's fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. Well, okay, it is my fault because I had laryngitis for a week and a half, but I like there's like that severe rasp to it. Like, I even if I wanted to just try to whisper, it would not have been good. Yeah, no, that sounds painful. And I'm still recovering from it, so I probably shouldn't talk as much as I am, but. <laughs> Shut your whole mouth. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Just kidding. Now, I'm glad that you're feeling pretty much, you know, what'd you say, 80, 90%? I'd say probably about 80%. There's some, literally sometimes I open my mouth, and I have to go, hold on, like cough really bad. And like, yeah, I know that's terrible for your throat, but it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, let's get right into it then. What is new with you, Dee? Okay, so guys, something traumatic happened in the GTA RP that I watch, and one of my favorite characters was kidnapped by a, a serial killer, and they finally found her today. And I'm thankful, but she's in ICU in the game, and I don't know if she's gonna make it. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm all traumatized over here, because... <laughs> The way this person role plays the serial killer, he like makes edits of him torturing the victim, and it's like sometimes really hard to watch. Wow, dude! It's like no, seriously, these people like are amazing when it comes to RP. That's it's like you're watching a TV show. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds like a like a soap opera or like a series. <clears throat> yeah, and wow. so it's just like, and they've spent like the last four five days looking for her Jeez, like dude. all the people around her and yeah. stuff and the serial killer is leaving clues to where she is and stuff it's insane i love it and i love <laughs> ash she's such a good role player and she was so scared when she first started and she's just really like just kind of blossomed into yes. the roles that's cool um i've also been listening to a lot of cult leader uh, by spencer henry he's hilarious he's a hairstylist from california and it's just he's funny as shit nice yeah i highly recommend for other people okay i will say i love my cult shows so yeah <laughs> have to check it out and then i've just been playing dying light too also nice yep still liking the game but are you still falling off poles <sighs> okay like i said when I play by myself, I'm fine. I don't fall off poles. Sure. <laughs> it seriously is like, okay. What a coincidence. Know? Nobody's there to see you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like how how um, animals react to invisible fencing. Mm -hmm. Like oh, sometimes yeah. <laughs> my character, I swear to God, like they hit an invisible fence. I go like, ah, and falls down. Like it's nothing. 
and falls down and dies when I'm playing with my brother and brother-in-law. Oh, no, dude. So it's like... <sighs> it's only you, though. Hmm. Uh, um, it's starting to happen to my brother now. Oh, so is it like a overall glitch in the game, do I you think, think so, oh, yeah. Wow. And my brother-in-law has the best internet, but for some reason, if we have him host, then I get even worse. But I think it's because we're in the same house, so... You're it's, in the same house, yet he has the better internet. Because we have two different internets in oh, the that's house right. because of how big our house that's is. That's right. You guys live in a mini mansion. That's right. <laughs> Except for, okay, it sounds like we're rich, but uh, if you saw this, <laughs> the status <laughs> of the house we live in. Yeah. I just wanna, huh. It's very quaint, okay? Yes. <laughs> vintage. <laughs> very vintage. 1901 vintage. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Not the good kind of ventures that have been properly restored. It's the ones that you're like, oh, you live in that house? <laughs> but shut up. It's perfect. I love it. And all of its flaws, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it looks cool, so. Yeah, it does. It definitely isn't a cookie cutter house. I and like I that. love that. Yeah. So what's up with you, Roxy? All right. So I started watching Jessica Jones. My boyfriend and I are trying to get through like the Marvel series which we were start watching it on Netflix, but they're moving it to Disney. So we took a break off that because of the switch. Um, I think they're coming up. I can't remember if it was like this week or next week, but either way, we'll start watching it again. I really liked it actually. Yeah. I was really surprised. Have you seen it? I have. Um, at first I was like, uh, I'm not so sure about it because I didn't get the like uh, actual Jessica Jones feel from her. But they're like it picks up for me like at like episode three. I'm like okay, okay, okay I see it now. I see you it like now. it. Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't know anything about the character besides the show, but I liked it. I was going in with like mm, it's probably not gonna be good, but I actually liked it so far. Oh, I like it so far. So yeah, that's positive. Yeah. Um. In the meantime, I mean, we're watching. I know I said that's why this is why I you never it. say I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? What? What do you think? You're watching um the uh, Gordon Ramsay show, yes. aren't you? I knew it. <laughs> I know the one I said. I'm like I'm never watching it again. Whatever. Yeah. I, okay. I did say, but we'll see. I did throw <laughs> I that know. in there. <laughs> I know. I know. And we saw and we conquered. <laughs> we saw and we did not. I was gonna say um, you saw and you got conquered. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, it, it's a little better than the past seasons, but anyway, it's just a guilty pleasure. Okay. Don't judge me. It's like when I had Keeping yeah. Up with Kardashians guilty pleasure. Yeah. And I, I don't mean, have it anymore, but like I used to. Yeah. Um, I watched a couple episodes. I wasn't like, oh my God, I had to watch it. But I'd see them if I was like, when I used to have cable, I understand why like people are, were obsessed with it. And like, it's just that entertaining, mindless type of Oh, entertainment. Keeping Up with Kardashians? Yeah. Um, I mean, same thing with MasterChef, kind of. But, you know, At least you drama. can kind of learn so, something with it. Like yes. Some okay. cooking techniques. Exactly. We do learn cooking terminology and techniques and different types of dishes. And, and okay, well, honestly, with Keeping Up with the Kardashians, kind of learned a little bit more about business stuff. Oh, shit. Because, like, Chris really talked a lot about business stuff and, like, how to set up appointments and stuff. And so it was actually kind of... Good. So basically, if you're majoring in business or marketing, you need to watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh yeah, ten out of ten. Be required coursework for that. I'm I'm saying like Chris, she might be you know whatever to people. Mm-hmm. She is kind of annoying sometimes, but like she got shit done. Like without her, those girls would not be where they are. So yeah. she obviously knows something. 
Yeah, she knows you gotta get that sex tape out, honey, okay? Get it. It's not the only thing. <laughs> no, I'm just because their dad was a lawyer first. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, also, I finally played Ark again. It's been a very long time. I forget how much I love that game until I play it. Like, it's not that I forget, it's just like, I just hadn't played it in a while. But anyway, I got back into it again. I, I really love it. You I love it so much. With it again. Yes. It's, but, well, we do have mods too that make it easy. You can kill a Brontosaurus <laughs> in like one shot. So <gasps> it's amazing. You a Brontosaurus? Because they got a lot of meat, girl. They're, they don't be uh. thick and they got meat. And I need to eat, okay? Don't look at me like that, okay? Don't look at me like that. Pull up T-Rex. <laughs> I did too. Don't worry. <laughs> they have plenty I of I do meat. not discriminate. <laughs> okay, but you don't understand. The You're right, I don't understand. No, listen. The Brontosaurus <laughs> will attack you if you like... Okay. If you attack it? <laughs> yes, but hold on. Check it out, okay? Check, check it out. <laughs> You're walking by, minding your own damn business, and this thing starts walking around, and he stomps you, and... Um, I don't got. I can't defend myself. I just gotta say, I gotta eat. A girl gotta eat. Okay. Um, but anyway, it's a really fun game. Love so it. It'd be really, <laughs> it'd be really fun if we play it together. So if yeah. I ever got it on my PC. Yes, exactly. Because yeah, I have it on the PlayStation. And it's way different on the PlayStation. Yeah. I mean, to me, the gameplay is a little bit easier on the PC. Mm -hmm. Personal choice. Um, also, I'm not gonna spoil it for you or anybody else, Thank but you. I did watch the Batman twice and i liked it i thought our pats did a great job as batman and yeah remember when everybody called them that from twilight i don't remember that <laughs> uh, but also, then again i kind of like blacked out the twilight so yeah, i feel you like i said i watched the first one that was enough for me and it's not their fault we can talk about that in another episode right but anyway um another really quick thing I've been really obsessed with the back rooms. It's like this really cool thing that I don't, I'm not gonna sit here and talk about it, but you guys should look it up. It's like a really cool uh, little creepypasta. The endlessness of the back rooms, like it just keeps going and going. Uh, yeah, so. It's a mind fuck. It is. I fucking <laughs> love that shit. So we'll talk about that too in another like creepy episode. Yes. But anyway, Let's get into our new segment. So for games this time, we have Tunic. Super cute looking game. It's coming out on the Xbox Series XS, Xbox One, and I keep wanting to say PlayStation, guys. And it's not coming out on the PlayStation. The PC on March 16th. Which, you know, will have passed. But I apologize because if I didn't have laryngitis. Anyway, um, it's an exploration RPG. You explore a land filled with lost legends, ancient powers, ferocious monsters in Tunic. An isometric action game about a small fox on a big adventure. So freaking cute. I know. I saw it and I was like, oh my God, it's like Link if he was a fox because he had a little tunic on him like Link. And it was just so cute. That was my first thought too. And I was like, I hope Roxy sees what I see because. Yeah. And that's a, literally she opened it and she watched it and goes, it's like Link. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the music is super cool too. I liked it. Yeah. Nice. It was very fitting. Yeah. It just looked awesome. And then we have Shredders for the Xbox Series X, S, 
the PC on March 17th, and it's a sports game. A little bit tidbit about it is you and your friend Scotty are making goofball snowboarding videos at the Frozen Wood Resort. <laughs> when a brand ambassador, Lisa, gives you a glimpse into a whole new world of snowboarding with pro riders, snowmobiles, and epic spots to hit. Whoa! <laughs> Give it all you got and shred your way into a kick-ass invitational. I was like, oh, it's like Tony Hawk for snowboard <laughs> snowboarding. But I think it's actually a little bit more than that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So. Um, I always wanted to snowboard. I think it looks cool. Me too. Like, just watching, not just Olympian snowboard, like, even, like, everyday people, mm -hmm. even first-timers learning how to snowboard. I'm like, that looks so fucking cool. <laughs> it looks so fun, but I've heard it's, like, really hard. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't doubt it. <laughs> me either. Not even a little bit. <laughs> Next, we have Strangers of Paradise. It's Final Fantasy Origin, which kind of intrigued me. Mm -hmm. um, it's coming out PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox X Series X, Xbox One, and PC. That's coming out March 18th. It is a fantasy RPG game. Spoiler alert. I bet you guys didn't know that about Final <laughs> what? Fantasy. Final Fantasy? What? <laughs> um, it's kind of interesting, though. It says, with the memory of their struggle buried deep in their hearts... In this hardcore RPG, Jack must face numerous challenges to bring the light of the crystals back to Cornelia, a kingdom conquered by darkness. Will restoring the crystals' light usher in peace or a new form of darkness? Or perhaps something entirely different? Dun dun dun! Yeah, and I've only played a few Final Fantasy games, but this looks actually pretty damn cool. It did um it, like the graphics are really great and the story looks interesting mm -hmm. so i know someone in my house that's gonna want to play it so kitties yeah the cats yeah <laughs> that's um all right they're final fantasy nerds i knew it <laughs> then we have another cute looking game rune factory 5 it comes out march 22nd it's an rpg in the sleepy border town of ringbarth mysterious events are unfolding affecting the runes that govern the balance between humanity and nature. As the newest ranger for the peacekeeping organization Seed, protect the frontier town by rounding up rowdy monsters with your official Seed-issued spell seal. When not on mission, work with people of Rigbarth to help the town flourish through farming, festivals, and friendship. As the balance of peace begins to shift, however, it becomes time to prove yourself. Team up with townsfolk and embark on a grand adventure to unravel the mystery befalling the land. Embrace your inner power to halt the descent into chaos. Um, it looked super cool. It, I was like, I really like after watching the video, I'm like, I really like that. Yeah, it was a little like we, you were saying, um, a little like Pokemon. Oh, kinda. Yeah. <laughs> Even the music was a little Pokemon-esque. I'm like, oh, DMCA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it looks fun. Yeah. Another kind of, actually, no, this one probably isn't very light, but it looks very cute. <laughs> <laughs> Is a memoir blue. It's for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox X series. X, S, Xbox One, the Switch, and the PC. So it's coming out on everything. And that's coming March 24th, and it's an adventure game. 
A song from years ago triggers a flood of memories for champion swimmer Miriam. Embark on an evocative journey through her turbulent childhood and the complicated relationship she shared with her devoted mother. That one looked interesting, and I pointed out to you that the character reminded me of Coraline. Yep. Not the story necessarily, but um, like the blue hair, the yellow garb she was wearing. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I did. But I didn't think of that at all when I first saw it because all I thought of was like, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works because she's like, <laughs> she's just sitting there and watch fish swim by her and things like that. And at first I'm like, okay, what the fuck's going on? And then Stop you realize, trip. yeah, <laughs> then you realize, oh, 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 okay, okay. This is like supposed to be kind of a dream state thing. Okay, I get it now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, cool. Okay. So the next game I'm super excited about and it's Ghostwire Tokyo. It's going to be available on PlayStation 5 and the computer. March 25th is RPG action-adventure game. <sighs> Guys, it literally gave me chills watching it. A massive paranormal event causes the sudden disappearance of 99% of the population while spirits from Japanese folklore storm Tokyo. Players will harness paranormal abilities to solve the mystery of the disappearance and save the city. Guys, I'm dead serious go look this one up yeah it looked really really cool it was like spoopy but also fun literally right up your alley if you like any kind of horror game it looks so good mm -hmm, for sure and then we have a new kirby game called kirby and the forgotten land and that's coming out on the switch on march 25th as well and it's another kirby 3d game which we've a lot of us have probably played Kirby games in the past. And it just looks cute like all the other type of Kirby games. So, yeah. Just another platform type of game. That's just how they, they've all been. I don't think we've had like an open world Kirby, so. You know, I don't know. That'd be a thing <laughs> to look into. <laughs> oh, guys, another game I'm super excited. That's coming out. If you've played Borderlands, you're going to know right away. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Oh my god, guys. It's coming out on the PlayStation 4 and 5, the Xbox Series XS, Xbox One, and PCs everywhere. <sighs> I've been waiting for this game for a very long time now, because Tiny Tina is like literally the best thing to come out of Borderlands. Let's be honest. <laughs> forget the sirens. Forget all the cool people you have to battle. Tiny Tina is a shiznit. <laughs> Embark on an epic adventure full of whimsy, wonder, and high-powered weaponry. Roll your own multi-class hero, then shoot, loot, slash, and cast on quests to stop the Dragon Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks super fun. I didn't think they would ever actually make a separate Tiny Tina game, so when they announced it, oh my gosh. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Did I mention it was coming out on the 25th as well? Because if I didn't, that's when it's coming out. Yeah, I haven't played Borderlands a lot. I do own the first two, um, but I played it with you a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I love the style of it. And I just love how crazy like some of the, <laughs> the bad people are. And I love the psychos and... Love the different. I love all the different abilities you can have in the games. Just very D and D reminiscent, mm. which it's done purposefully. 
Oh, I was gonna say, um, I wonder how you feel about the movies coming out, and uh, we'll have to talk about that in a Borderlands episode. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we're just <sighs> video game movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know Resident Evil. I know. Yeah. I know. Okay. Anyway, so moving on. Um, the last game I have to talk about is called Weird West. Also looks very interesting. Mm-hmm. Coming out on the PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and the computer on March 31st. It is a Western RPG. Kind of different. Survive and unveil the mysteries of the Weird West through the intertwined destinies of its unusual heroes in an immersive sim for the co-creators are from the co-creators of Dishonored and Prey, which I've played Dishonored, but haven't played Prey before. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, and I highly enjoyed Dishonored. Cool. Yeah, those weird West it reminded me like the art style reminded me kind of like Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Like it had a story and everything, and uh, it just looks like fun gameplay. I loved all the weird, like there looked to be like a werewolf or something that you mm-hmm. can play as. I'm like, I'm into that. Okay, cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get into some movies. We'll start off with the Adam Project, and that came out March 11th. And that's rated PG-13, and it's an action comedy sci-fi. A time-traveling pilot, played by the Ryan Reynolds, teams up with his younger self and his late father to come to terms with his past while saving the future. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I love sci-fi films, so, I mean, then this looks funny, and there's some action. It's definitely something I want to watch. And, you know, Ryan Reynolds, so... And I've only heard really good things about it, so I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And then we have a spooky one, Oma. It came out March 17th, and that's also PG-13. It's a supernatural horror movie. Oma, which is a Korean word for mother, follows Amanda, who's played by Sandra Oh, and her daughter living a quiet life on an American farm. But when the remains of her estranged mother arrive from Korea, Amanda becomes haunted by the fear of turning into her own mother. Everybody is the biggest nightmare. <laughs> I love watching horror movies, so even if they're bad, I still love watching them because they're just either they're gonna give you a little like little seed of fear to put in the back of your mind, even though you don't think it's there, like, oh it wasn't scary. But when you're laying in bed <laughs> and it's dark and there's no sound. You're like, oh, um, hmm. let me turn on this fan. Okay, drown out that noise. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's just you. <laughs> just uh, Rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it looked interesting. I think it's going to be kind of like a slow burn almost from the trailer. That's um, what it looked like, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't also don't think, obviously, it's only rated PG-13. So I don't think it's going to be like super in your face scary. But it might uh, have that thriller type of, you know, psychological horror, maybe. Yeah, I agree. Those type of movies are some of the best sometimes, though. Yeah. Because to me, I love horror movies. But I don't absolutely love the grotesqueness Mm -hmm. of some of them. So I like the psychological thrillers more than I like the slasher movies, which I don't mind slasher movies, but they're just 
Yeah, I like the slasher ones too, but I definitely like the psychological thrillers, like the ones that have a twist. What a twist. It's so good. <laughs> uh, then we have X coming out March 18, and it's not rated X, it's rated R, uh, and it's also a horror film. In 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in <laughs> rural Texas. But when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, they get jealous. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the cast find themselves fighting for their lives. And uh, Jenna Ortega is on there. And she was the little sister in the new Scream movie that just came out this year. That's right. Because it's not technically a remake, is it? No, it's all, it's the weirdest thing because it's just a continuation. And they didn't call it Scream 5. They just went with Scream. You know, to each all. Yeah. They couldn't afford the five or something. I don't know. <laughs> too many, too many letters. Too many numbers. And then we have Expired, and that's coming out March 18. It is also rated R, and it's a sci-fi romance. Ryan Quantin and Hugo Weaving star in a futuristic thriller about a hitman who meets a mysterious woman and comes down with a deadly illness. In an uncharted future, two hardened souls meet and confront each other with the things they have done and what they have become. And it looked really cool. I love that sci-fi shit. Reminded me of like, um, I was going to say CM Punk. <laughs> it reminded me of cyberpunk uh, aesthetic. Like, it's really cool. Yeah, I could see that. I want Ryan Quantum to find me too, though, so. <laughs> hey, hit me up. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. That would happen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and P.S. If you don't know who Ryan Quantin is, go watch Dead Silence. One of the best horror movies ever made. Just remember Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. Just remember <laughs> that. You have to remind me about that. I was like, who's Ryan Quantin? You're like, um, hello, Dead Silence. I was like, oh, yeah, I've actually seen that movie. I actually remember that movie. Yeah, because I think I made us watch that. I don't know how many times. Obviously, I don't remember everything, yeah. but it, yeah, I remember watching it. And also love Darkness Falls too. Darkness, I did like that one too. Yeah, and those I was obsessed with them at the like the same time. Yeah, I remember a lot of people hated that one. Yeah, but I'm like, I thought it was good. Like, yeah, it was done differently to me. I think that's why though, because at the time everyone was so used to those slasher films, mm -hmm. and it was like just too different at the time. Yeah, because I wonder if it would have come out now if it would have been well, you know, obviously it'd be better graphics, better filming, but you know all that mm -hmm. stuff. I wonder if the idea itself would have been better taken now than maybe, then. Yeah. but yeah, it's still pretty pathetic that I can remember that whole Mary Shaw <laughs> thing still to this day, yeah. but you know, it, it was such a good movie. Yeah. All right. So let's get into our not topic today or, you know, like a freebie episode. We wanted to kind of rant. I mean, bitch, I mean, talk about Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Well, <laughs> where do we begin? How about this? Umbrella isn't the only entity that knows how to ruin Raccoon City. And that was a little quote by Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com. And we just thought it was super freaking fitting for this. Oh my God, yes. After I read it out loud, we both laughed for quite a while. We're like, it's so true. Yeah, so gosh. It's just kind of hard to know where to begin. There's just so many, so much to unpack here. So many this. flaws. 
So we both have talked about it extensively and we both agree on pretty much, I want to say maybe like, would you say 95, 96% of everything? Um, We definitely, you know, there's some disagreements, but for the most part, we agree on everything. And um, yeah, we were just reading a bunch of stuff on the internet, just other people that also watched it, other fans as well. Um, We read this comment by Alyssa Alley on Reddit and she says, the director claimed this movie would be faithful to the games. <laughs> Quote unquote, faithful. Agreed. And yet somehow it ended up being as far from that statement as possible. True. Oh my gosh. It's it's almost like we wrote these comments. Seriously. She goes on to say, you know, I knew from the moment I saw the trailers casting and heard about the odd crossover plot that this film would be a disaster. And it was far worse than I could have ever imagined. Which, okay. The casting, I was fine with, for the most part. But when I heard they were combining one and two together, I was like, you mean they're combining two and three, right? Like, I thought, like, they already had them lined up. Because, you know, they work together. Because, you know, they're intertwined in real life, right? Anytime somebody mentioned it, I was like, no, no, you're saying it wrong, right? Because I refuse to look up, just in case there's spoilers. Like, I don't I don't want to know. I want to see it in the theater to make my judgment. Right. <sighs> I should have listened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you and I were talking about it before the movie came out, we were obviously really excited. I mean, we mentioned it on the podcast. We were looking forward to it and we were super hyped. And we were thinking it was going to be refreshing from the Paul W. Anderson <sighs> ones. And uh, we were thinking, oh my gosh, they're saying they're going to be faithful to the games. Oh my gosh, they're going to be what we as fans wanted this whole time. Mm-hmm. And know? we both thought that he was out of the picture. <laughs> oh yeah you're talking about anderson yeah 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 no he actually, wasn't no yeah he was involved uh he was consulted heavily um big mistake <laughs> yeah but i don't know i guess this new director just uh wanted to make another flop i don't yeah. know and she goes on to say as an avid resident evil fan i had hopes that there would be some semblance to the games don't we all especially with all the claims from the cast and crew Literally, the only thing even remotely close to the games are two establishing shots and the liquor, while the rest was simply tossed to the side with zero respect or regard for the franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's like I wrote this myself. I wouldn't be so harsh on this film if it wasn't so dearly promised to pay tribute to the games. Plus, the filmmaking itself left much to be desired. That okay. is what I have been saying from the moment I stepped out of the theater. Okay, I will say, if they're talking about the sh- shots, to me, like, I guess what I'm taking it as, and maybe I'm wrong, the way it was shot, like the films, I'm not talking about the content itself. I thought the lighting was really great. Oh, I thought yeah. the shots were, like, it was, I feel like whoever was behind the camera, I think they did a good job. Yes. It's just the content that they were filming that was not good. It was the content that they were filming and how they chose to edit that content. Yes. Because like I said, I love the lighting. I love the sets. Like the buildings were perfect. RPD was amazing to me. I got chills when I saw it. Mm -hmm. Even though the film was off to a rocky start by then (laughs) already. I was like, you know what? It can redeem itself. I don't know. Maybe they'll reel it in and be like, oh, just kidding. We're actually, actually a real film. <laughs> but, that, you know, obviously that didn't happen for us. But I get if she's talking about, yeah, the way that obviously the director took the film. Yes, I agree. It left much to be desired. Yeah. I just, 
maybe we put too much expectations on it or we put too many expectations on it considering the crap we were given before about the Resident Evil films like the past Resident Evil films and then we were promised that it was going to be much more true to the series and it changed like everything yeah well and um I mean I, I remember us telling ourselves expect the worst hope for the best yes and that is what I feel like we both went in. Like, mm-hmm. I really was not expecting a masterpiece, but this was even below my low expectations because of the previous yeah. movies. It was even lower than that, unfortunately. Same. That's just so sad. So uh, she went on even more. <laughs> There's spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen it, don't waste your time. But also, if you want to, don't listen to this part. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, just in general, if you haven't seen it and you, for some reason, are dying to watch it, just don't listen to this episode in general, but... <laughs> right? So, none of the characters are even slightly like their video game counterparts. Check. Which, Robbie Amell would have been a perfect Chris. Like, for the first game. And even Code Veronica. He was. He, yeah. Except for how they wrote him. Oh, yeah. No, um, no, no. I'm talking about looks. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Those looks, he definitely looks like Chris Redfield. Yeah. But here... She's about to get into some stuff that truly pissed me off about the movie. Same. Claire and Chris are, for some inexplicable, unnecessary reason, nearly complete strangers with a strong distaste for each other. I was absolutely fucking livid. Oh, yeah. At this part. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's not Chris and Claire. Right off the bat. I'm sorry. Claire, to me, Claire didn't look anything at Claire. No. Chris looked just like Chris, or Robbie Mel looked like Chris, mm-hmm. but they did not act like the characters. Uh-uh. I was just, oh, it was mind-blowing a little bit. And how, well, at one point in the movie, Leanne said something like, how'd you learn to shoot? And she said she had to teach herself. Fuck that. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's get it right, Hunter. If you go back and listen to our, our past podcast on Resident Evil 2, you find out that Chris teaches her all that stuff. What? What? Nah. nah. Because they yeah. were close and grew up together and had to take care of each other because their parents died. Not when they were little kids, but when they were slightly older. Yeah, that that just, oh, I just don't understand it. How you change such a big aspect of the game. Like, it, it, okay, just everything they changed to me was like unnecessary. Unnecessary changes for no fucking reason. Other than wanting to, like you said before, make your own movie. Yes. Literally, you're just wanting to feed off and earn money off the franchise name that's already established. Mm-hmm. No. You want to make your own fucking zombie movie, but you just want to make money off of the Resident Evil franchise. Just fucking make your own movie and deal. Like, that's it. Like, don't, we probably would have liked it better if it would have been called something else and not right. had to do anything with Resident Evil lore. And it's if they would have so had, like, there's tons of movies where they put, like, Dawn of the Dead, like little Easter eggs in movies as a nod to, you know, Night of the Living Dead and things like that. They could have done that Mm -hmm. and had Easter eggs of Resident Evil in it Mm -hmm. like they had and just called it something else. Exactly. But I probably wouldn't have seen it because it was a crappy movie altogether. So (laughs) she goes on even more. Throughout every single game, these siblings have been incredibly close and supportive of one another with just about every appearance of Claire being because of her concern for her brother, 
Not to mention all the good luck charms he gets her, which she promptly lends and gives away. But it's a thought that counts. Yes, I love that. I love that because it's so true. Yeah. And then she also says, hell, every famous outfit she wears has its crowning piece being a red jacket from Chris. Claire herself was rude, bratty, and presented as a delinquent for some reason. She's talking about the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now she's talking about the movie. And Chris hardly got any limelight or otherwise void of his usual dutiful or passionate personality. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? This is Chris fucking Redfield. Christopher Lee Isaac Redfield we're talking about. (laughs) Good job. Good job. Yeah. How fucking dare they, like, make you a background character? Yeah. They made him a bitch boy. He never left Raccoon City, according to them. He doesn't have all this extensive training he had. He didn't solve all these crimes that he did in the actual franchise. He was, like, a fucking badass. A self-accomplished badass. And And not in the game. Like, that's the story. And they made it. So he was a fucking yellow lab. Obedient to Birkin. Yeah, he made they made him Birkin's bitch boy. Yeah. Okay, so she goes on to say Leon was a sleepy, stupid drunk who seemed to hate his new job and was terrible at it. Okay, really quick though. Yeah, so like how we mentioned in one of our past podcasts, and you know, if you look this up, you can find out that yeah, Leon was drunk actually when he went to Raccoon City because mm-hmm. he had just broken up with his ex and uh so he was going through a rough time, starting a new job. Um, just broke up. Future's a little uncertain right now. Mm-hmm. Exciting, but uncertain. So to me, it's not like shocking that he drank, right? That's not what bothers me. But see, to me, this is literally the only part that they kept for anybody in the entire game or entire movie from the game. And you don't even see that in the game. Right. So I'm like, what was the point of adding that? That he was drunk? That he was drunk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you mean they didn't show him breaking up and leaving yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, sure. what was the point of adding all of that when people who only casually play the game had no idea that all that happened? You know, if you're going to stick true to the character, I can see adding that. Right. You oh, know? that's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, since they didn't really maintain the whole integrity of the movie or of the game or the characters. Yeah, they decided to keep this one thing. The one thing that makes him look terrible. Uh, anyway, um, let's get back into it. She says, absolute throwaway as to who he was in the games. A hundred percent agree with her. He also really liked to throw around the F-bomb, which made up about half of his goofy lines. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's so bad when I don't even remember his dialogue because I was so pissed the whole time anyway. Like, I was just thinking, why is he acting this way? This is not Leon Skennedy. He had a couple of one-liners like good old Leon normally does, but yeah. They were not executed the right way, though. It was not the Leon Skennedy one-liners. Yeah, I can't, like, I don't know. It's not coming to me. I can't. That's how memorable they were. And normally exactly. I can have, I can remember at yeah, least Yeah, you're really one good quote. with quotes and stuff. Yeah, it was just, it's fucking ridiculous. I'm just getting pissed off right now. <laughs> the more I read, the more it's true, and the more I'm just like, fucking The pissed. more we're agreeing with you, Alyssa. Yes, girl. Um, 
Okay, and then she says, Jill was a mess. Oh, my oh. God. Yes. Jesus. Ugh. Okay. Being a weird, flirty girl with a complete lack of responsibility. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was yes. so enraged. <laughs> uh, since when does she have a thing for the awkward and much older Wesker? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I was like, what the fuck? What? No. No. The big guy must be Chris. They must be talking about Chris. Right? <laughs> right? Right? Uh, yeah. Ooh. Um, and why is she screwing around with her gun in public for fun? That's what pissed me off a lot. Why are you... You're not supposed to point it at people. No. The first time I held a gun, I remember, okay? I didn't know all the gun rules. And I know people are going to say, well, it's common sense. You're right. It's common sense. But it was given to me and I didn't think about it. In a video game, I don't think about that. I obviously point at people. I've never held a gun before. They told me it was not loaded, like, on purpose. Here, you can hold it to see how heavy it is. And I just, like, picked it up without thinking, like, someone was right in front of me. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't aim that at people, no matter if it's unloaded or not. I was like, okay, my bad. Yeah, that makes total sense. And ever since then, I've known that, right? Right. She's a fucking police officer who should know that. It doesn't matter if you're good, a good shot or whatever. You don't fucking do that. They, They portrayed the entire stars team as incompetent morons yeah they're fucking stars team they're supposed to be the elite the supreme squad of the police force you know they all had extensive backgrounds in military training delta force training all this stuff they were all badass shots they all had some type of experience like jill had the lock picking which she Mm -hmm. didn't in the movies all right but anyway you know what i'm saying like they all had something to bring to the table and, you know, besides being, like, good marksmen and all that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the whole Wesker thing. We'll, I mean, we'll get to that in a second, Yeah, we'll too. get to Wesker later. I'm just, like, rambling on right now. So, let's get back on track. Um, and then she goes on to say, that's nothing like the Jill we know and love. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, she's supposed to be a respectable and strong solo girl. Yep. Yeah, she can hold her own. Stop shoving romance into everything. None of these characters need it. Amen. Okay. I mean, we ship ship certain yes. characters, but like that's because, you know, you're shipping characters. You're not putting it in there right away. Yes. Okay. I will say, I mean, obviously, yes. Like we have our ships. Like we both ship Leon and Claire. Yes. We both ship Jill and Chris. Yes. Um, Although I wouldn't mind Chris and, um, uh, Chris and Carlos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind uh, Jill and Carlos. You that's know? one I, of I us. They had, I, I thought they had good chemistry, especially in the remake. In the remake. Um, yeah. All the foxy ladies, ladies love, love my, my accent. accent. It, it drives, drives them crazy. crazy. Think about it. <laughs> no, I get it. There's, It's not necessary. Although I will say, I feel like as human beings, I'm not trying to get psychological or theoretical or all that like, you know, stuff. But it's the human beings that's part of our stuff. You know what I mean? Genetic always gonna makeup kind of. Yeah, that's always going to be like... But yeah. I mean, I, no, just I agree like, with you like that. Yeah. It's what people like to see in movies yeah. or just I mean, in I th- general. I think, yeah, I think, well, yeah, I know where she's coming from, though, because I agree. Like there was a point in, you know, a couple of years back where I was like, I'm, I am fucking tired of that. Yeah. Not, I think there's a place and time for it. But I don't think every single fucking thing you have to have this long ass dramatic love story about. No, it. there can be something else that you're focused on. You know, yeah, but, there could be an action movie where there's a girl that the guy doesn't necessarily have to fall in love with. Or vice versa, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. But usually it's, you know, the guy's the main whatever. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, this is the character that bothered me the most from Alyssa. And as for Wesker, 
You might as well have renamed the character Jim and it would have made more sense. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> who the hell was that supposed to be? A funky rom-com broski who refers to his team like old high school pals and has zero idea what Umbrella is all about? Oh my god, girl. Uh, Cute or words could not be said. That, I, I exploded. Because mm. normally I don't like talking about movies mm. right outside of the theater. Like, right outside of the theater door. Like, if we're going to talk about the movie, we need to at least be outside, away from the belt. You know, like, so other people who want to go see the movie won't hear spoilers. This one I did not care about. I didn't yell, but I talked loudly about my disapproval of Wesker being a fucking idiot, considering he got his, you know, doctorate in virology by the time he was fucking 17. Yeah, I think in this in this universe where the movie took place, that wasn't a thing. And he was not with Umbrella at all. He had no idea what was happening. Again, that's the whole, they changed the whole fucking movie. To make it original. I fucking hate when people say that. And I've had this conversation with you before. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on a little rant. Sorry, really quick. But like to me, changing something to make it quote unquote original, to me, that would mean something like, I don't know. Like, you know how in the, in the game, you don't really get to see their personalities. You add something to their personality. Like, for example, Claire could be humming her favorite song as she's walking down the hall with her gun, you yeah. know, like, because she's nervous. Leon could be like, maybe stop in the mirror and, like, fix his hair a little bit. You know, he's a little vain. You know, a little bit. That's a Leon thing to do. Uh -huh. That's a Claire thing to do, I, I feel like. Yeah, me too. But, you know, like, that's what I'm saying. But, like, to completely fucking change how they look, uh, you know, okay, I can kind of forgive that. But to completely change their personality, their core And their background traits, stories. Background stories, all that, that's just, that's what grinds my gears. That's what, that's not... You're not making it original. You're completely making your own story, but you're not making you're not improving anything to this. You're not adding anything of substance to this. You're just fucking ruining something that's already good. Agreed. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, she goes on to say, probably the most annoying and backward spin on any of the characters, which I agree completely, mm -hmm. obviously. Wesker is supposed to be a short-winded, methodical villain who cultivated stars from the beginning as his guinea pigs. Mm -hmm. So for him to basically be a jock, not saying jocks can't be smart, because I've known plenty of very smart jocks, but like to be the stereotypical looking jock and when he's getting stuff on his PDA about, you know, things happening, him being super nervous about it and shit like that, I'm like, Wesker would not. Wesker didn't know what nervous was. Yeah, no. No, no, no. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It, it's what you said. It just was not fucking Wesker. He could have still been the smart, like, scientist that he was. Because yeah. that's what he was. Yes. So in the movie, he was just like a mercenary. Kind of like what Carlos and them were. You know, like, he just were marksmen. He was a literal combination of Wesker and Jake Mueller. Jake Freaking Mueller. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, you know, Jake Mueller doesn't come into existence for a few years. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the person, the director, wanted to basically make him into Wesker's son, in a way. Now, I mean, now that we're, we're talking about it out loud, yeah. But even what, uh, Jake was... Even Jake even had common better, sense and... He like, was just a better character yeah. than this portrayal of Wesker. Again, she says, worth noting, the production isn't the character's fault. It is the result of poorly written and falsely advertised 
film base. That being said, the characters' inaccuracies still had me writhing in my seat. Yes. Uh, My sister doesn't go to movies very often. So she was very pissed that I couldn't sit still and that I kept saying stuff under my breath. Mm -hmm. She goes, I just wanted to enjoy the movie. I said, I don't understand how you could have. (laughs) It's because she doesn't, she's not involved in, you know. But she played the games too. Right. Like she knew the characters better than I did back then. So it was like. But like, it's kind of like with my boyfriend, you know, we went and really quick side note. We were the only two people in the whole fucking theater at like a seven o'clock show. It was only like two weeks after the release or something. Yes. It was only two weeks after the release. You know, it was like fucking empty. We could have done naughty things. We didn't, but we could have because there was nobody there. I don't even think the camera people were there because they're like, fuck this movie. I'm out. Right. And like, you know, I will say, though, I did the best that I could. And he said I did a good job at not, you know, like sitting there being like, <sighs> but there was a couple of times where I did that because it was necessary. Like I just couldn't handle it. Uh-huh. The Just the level of disrespect, you know, <laughs> straight up. So the opening scene when Lisa Trevor is like in the orphanage, uh-huh. I said, I swear to fucking God, if that's supposed to be clear, I'm going to fucking punch somebody. I'm, I swear to God, I'm going to punch somebody if that's supposed to be clear. This, oh my God. Oh my God fucking swear to god and then it was claire i punched i can't remember if it was my brother-in-law or my friend that sat next to me it's not hard but yeah i i needed to it was just yeah. like a, yeah you need like a stress ball or something yes and like i couldn't sit still at all in the movie like it just it was literal torture to me That'd be a good way to get back at you. Just duct tape you to a chair, yes. like pull your eyelids open and just have you watch it. You'd be like, no! You don't even need to pull my eyelids open because if I have to hear it, that's, that's torture enough. too. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. yeah I, I absolutely agree. It was very hard not to sit there. And yeah, every five seconds, my mind was racing and I had something to say. Not good things. It was all, that's not right. That's not right. That's definitely fucking not right. Yeah. Another part that super, super pissed me off was the false advertising of the itchy tasty part, which, you know, if you listen to our past podcasts, that's one of my favorite parts of the original Resident Evil. And to have it happen, not even within the, I almost said museum, guys, within the mansion. Oh my God. I, I was like, I looked at her because, you know, I saw a trailer and the itchy tasty thing happened. I'm like... No, they're not. You don't ever see Chris's house. What? And why was that random little kid there? What the fuck was that? (laughs) Just unnecessary things. Yeah, no. Oh, but it was Easter eggs and it's so fun for the fans. Don't you know? Put it in the right place then. (laughs) Don't put random characters. I'm not a fan of that shit. Like... You know, they're fun and everything, Easter eggs, they have their time and place. But, like, this was, like, you literally ran a whole fucking almost two-hour-long movie on just fucking Easter eggs. Get the fuck out of here. Go fuck yourself. Okay, so that was one that pissed me off. But I liked the, you know, Code Veronica thing, but I'm like, why here? Why would you put that here? I'm sorry, but nothing made sense. Nothing. Yes, that's what I've been saying this whole fucking time. There's, okay, so... Alyssa goes okay, on okay, about the... Okay. We'll get to that, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, she goes on. The plot itself was confusing and started off feeling like an 80s paranormal fan film. True. 
strange and inconsistent editing, overuse of sharp horror stings, and a focus on Clear's weird, na- <laughs> weird new childhood trauma, not even partially inspired from the games. Like there is nowhere in the games of her talking about a childhood trauma. No. They didn't grow up in a goddamn orphanage. No. The only trauma they had was like, yeah, her parents died when she was younger, but it wasn't at the same age uh, the movie tried to make it out to seem. It wasn't when they were like nine and ten. No. It was like during their late, early, late teenage years. Basically already grown up. They're still young, but Chris was old enough. He was an adult at the time when it happened. Like, yeah. you know. And then she goes on and say, The story was trying to use her as a catalyst, but with the characters being in so many different places, doing so many different things, it fell apart the moment it started. Not a single thing correctly upheld to canon, which again, it was stated by the director that this would be a faithful representation of the franchise. And overall, it was just boring, if not irritating. Completely agree. A million percent agree. I will say, to me, it was definitely 100% irritating. But um, like I said, that's where you and I have a little bit of a difference is that I didn't necessarily think it was 100% boring. Like I said, I had issues left and right with the whole fucking movie. It is not perfect by any means. I'm not trying to say that at all. But there was a couple of parts where I'm like, See, like, I just wish you would have gotten your head out of your ass because it could have been a good movie. There was, like, a little bit of potential there. But then you had to go fuck up everything up. To me, there's too many moving parts in the movie to make it a good cohesive movie. So that's why I don't think it's a good movie. That's very fair to say. I think you brought up the point that if you never played the game, you don't know what the fuck's going on. But in, I guess in a sense, it helps you a little bit because it's that badly edited. If you don't know the details, it doesn't almost matter. But to us, that we know the story and we know how everything's supposed to kind of happen, it just fucking ruins everything. But even to, I've only talked to one other person who has seen the movie and she's never played the games. She said, I watched it, but I had no idea what was going on because there was, it was like they were trying too hard. Yeah. I said, hmm. That is a fair assessment. Um, and, and I didn't yeah. I didn't share with her my opinion on it at all because I was trying to be unbiased and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just let her yeah. <laughs> just let her bias. tell me. And then I ripped into the movie explaining her <laughs> to her, like, those are not characters. Don't let that fool you. <laughs> <laughs> that was not Christopher Lee Isaac. <laughs> so the last little bit Alyssa says is Did I expect the movie to be a one-to-one representation of the game? Absolutely not. But they absolutely could have done better. I will say no, but yes. I personally don't agree with that. I think it needed to be better representation of the game. And yes, they could have done way better. Um, Yeah, yes. It's just, I, they bastardized the game. I mean, the movie so much for the buildup that they gave it. It's just a whole fucking different thing. They're not even the same universe. Right. Like when we were talking, when we did the Resident Evil 2 podcast, and just like Claire only came to Raccoon City to look for her brother. And when she found the note that, you know, said the hot babes, whatever. And I had the same exact reaction as Claire did. Like, that's not Chris. And then you put down the note and she goes, that doesn't sound like Chris. I was like, what? Exactly. (laughs) So she knows her brother. It's almost like they're close siblings. Weird. 
Yeah. So um, this other comment was from Reddit by Elaine Lee Walsh. And they said, Claire and Chris didn't grow up in the raccoon orphanage. Amen. Uh, again, we talked about that a little bit ago. It's it's literally he played the director played mashup and he took all these elements from all the games and was like, here you go. You guys are going to love it because you love Resident Evil. This is all the Resident Evil yeah. together. Nah. Lisa Trevor was never in the freaking orphanage. There was never. <sighs> she wasn't that conscience either. Like, yeah. To like try to befriend someone like yep. that, that. That wasn't a thing. I'm no. sorry, but no. no. The only time she showed any like humanity after the experiments they did on her was when she grabbed her mother's skull and plummets. She goes, Baba, and falls. Okay, that's the only time. She does not, all the shit they did to her, she does not have much capacity to be a human. To, well, to me, she was still a child. Yeah. That never, she never grew up. She was like, that's really traumatized at that age. She was just mm-hmm. kind of stunted her growth. And obviously they removed her ability to function like a human anyway. So, yeah. Okay. They say, Jill isn't a person of color. And no, before you say it, that isn't a racism thing. Original content from the first games actually went out of the way to explain Jill's half American, half Japanese heritage. Explain her fine features that seem unfitting of a combat expert of her caliber. Which I don't think we mentioned when we were talking about the original Resident Evil. No, because to me, like... I'm not saying that's not important, like, matching the race. But I guess, to me, it was more important about, like, their story in the game. Yeah. Her race didn't play a major role. Just their background as far as, like, what they were trained in, how they ended up in that situation in the first place. That's the story. It's not about, like, what you look like. So I I will disagree with Langley. I'm sorry on this one. That doesn't matter to me. I love the actress. Yeah, she did a really good job. Yeah, the actress that played. For the script she had. Exactly. The actress that played Jill was Hannah John Kamen. And I, well, she's beautiful. But yeah, I just think she just did a good job. I Um, think she actually kind of looks like Jill. She has the features. Yes. I can see that. Yeah. Um, And yeah, like to me, that didn't bother me. I I can understand people that bothers them, whatever. But to me, it was more whether or not you're going to portray that. I always go in with like, are you going to portray the the character how they are? Like, can I, can you make that character come to life? Mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, unfortunately, she wasn't able to, and not because of her looks, but because of just the script she was giving and what she had to work with, which was not much. Just, I'm sorry, the whole fucking line of her saying, oh my God, Barry, first of all. Okay, uh, oh, we'll, 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 we'll wait, to, we'll, we'll wait. We'll but, okay, anyway, they go on to say, but since I know people are going to pull the racism card since I opened my mouth about that, how about the Italian Enrico Marini or the African-American Marvin Branagh? Yeah, yeah. Where the fuck was Marvin K. Mooney? Exactly. I was so looking forward to seeing him. I was like, <gasps> yeah. And he never showed up. I was exactly. pissed. Well, and then Enrico Marini was a complete lesser competent. He was, oh my God, <laughs> just an interpretation of these people. Like he was one of the two cops from the Bravo team. And he, you know, just seemed like a regular Joe yeah. uh, police officer. He was just a regular. Like, okay. Uh, yeah. Remember in the games, he is a leader of the Bravo, Bravo team. team. He would have been the leader of the Alpha team, except Umbrella, you know, wriggled it so that Wesker would be the leader because they needed him for yeah. their plan. Otherwise, Enrico would have been the leader because mm-hmm. that's how much of a badass 
and he had know, way more experience exactly in those type of situations and than... they fucking washed out his character to not even have like what one line i don't even remember the fuck their lines they were just asshole douche yeah. cops though and i was like what the fuck and then yeah obviously we love marvin k mooney mm-hmm. <laughs> martin Bernard. um he wasn't in there at all again because they had to shove two games in one film so there's that issue so he goes on to say that, you know, basically there would have been a perfect person of color to include that was integral to the plot of Resident Evil 2, but not nah, just change Jill's entire race, personality, and attitude. Again, I don't agree with that, um, but I think, I mean, he makes a good point, just that fact that, like, Enrico and Marvin weren't there. I don't know. Like, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like they made her that race to be inclusive since technically none of the Stars members were a person of color? I don't know. I feel like he's trying to say they did it for sake of inclusivity, to be inclusive. Well, then why wasn't he bitching about Leon? That's true. Because to me... I'm sure he would have, but I think the point he was was that Jill was actually... They true, okay. Race, yeah. You're right, you're right. Okay, yeah. I mean, the whole race thing is a touchy thing, but I think the mo- we need to keep just keep in mind the fact that I get it, but... I, I think there's a gray line there. Like... I think she was cast as Jill because she's a good actress. And I think if she would have been given the right script, she would have been a perfect Jill. So to say she, I don't know if this is what he's saying, but to say that she got the role only because she was black or... Or just because they wanted to be inclusive. Just because they wanted to be inclusive is kind of bull. Because she's a good actress, a really good actress. Yeah. No, I think that's a fair point to say. I agree with you on that. I also do think she would have played the character well if the script was good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because like I said, I liked her as Jill. Yeah. So uh, I don't agree. He made some points, but to me it was more like, why didn't they include Enrico or Marvin? Mm-hmm. To me, those were some of the missing characters <laughs> that they took out for some reason. Like, I have no idea. Again, it's for the sake of trying to make two games into a two-hour movie. Yeah. To me, also, like, I would feel like they want to make each game a movie because that's more More money, more money. (laughs) Like, But I I still don't understand why they just didn't do zero and one, two and three. Because they're not smart. Code Veronica, four. (laughs) (laughs) Five, six. Five, six. Like, okay, don't combine five and six. But like, you know. Especially because the matter of fact is that zero and one took place around the same span of time. Yeah. And then two and three around the same time. Literally intertwined. At the same time. So that only makes sense that we're trying to combine those. And the timeline that they forced it into in the movie pissed me off. Pissed me off. Do you remember how the movie starts out? The date? It's not September 27th like it should be. That in itself, it's a very small detail, but that fucking pissed me off. Yeah. Because in Resident Evil 3, my hairline, one of my favorite things is... September 28th, daylight. daylight. The monsters have already taken the city. Somehow, I'm, I'm still alive. Okay, and <laughs> that obviously didn't happen either. So, yeah. that's a little little tiny thing that really pissed me off. And right after then, I was like, the orphanage thing already pissed me off. And that was just like, I'm fucking done. I hate this movie already. Yep. Okay, right. so Walsh also points out some very obvious things if you ever played Resident Evil. Richard wasn't part of Alpha Team because he was Bravo Team. He was sent in before Alpha Team to investigate. And the only reason Alpha Team went was to go find Bravo. Exactly. (sighs) Guys, 
Yeah. The whole time I was so confused too while it was happening. I'm like, which one's Brad? Which one's wait, 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 wait. This one's Richard. No, wait. This one's Brad. No, wait, wait. Who's this? Oh wait. Oh shit. So I knew who was Brad because they the actually helicopter. got the vest, the yellow vest. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, good job on that one. Easter um, egg. <laughs> but I was very confused about Richard. I was like, is that supposed to be Barry? That's a very skinny Barry. <laughs> but then, like, thinking about it, he's wearing the same color shirt Richard was, but they never called him Richard. They call him Aiken, yeah. Aiken, at, yeah. at the beginning. Like, yeah. you don't you don't know who he is. So you're just like, who the fuck is this guy? Until a later. And then you're like, fuck. That's who that's supposed to be? <laughs> and I could see it, but it again, he was supposed to be Bravo. Bravo. Team. Not at the station. But again, in this yeah. movie, in this universe, there was no Bravo team, so. And then he goes, Barry was and also existed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not in this universe, sweetie. No, no, no. But to cut out Barry, fucking Barry Burton, they cut out Barry Burton. Yes, I was pissed about uh, Marini, and I was pissed about Marvin K. Mooney, but Burton, a very, very important part of the game and the Stars team itself. The only reason Chris joined Stars, you take him out. <sighs> yeah, the whole time I was like, "Where's Barry?" Yeah, I, was, ah, I expect him to like, Barry? like come in, like kick the door down, be like, "It's Barry, bitch," and just start <laughs> killing the zombies with the Magnum. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was absolutely ludicrous, dude. It's just the the fun never ends with this movie, people. Uh-huh. Just, it never ends. Because there's one more character that we've mentioned. Well, we, I guess we haven't mentioned her specifically very many times, but we've mentioned her game, Zero, several times. That would have made so much more sense for her to be in here. Rebecca freaking Chambers existed, too. Like Rebecca. Um, yeah, uh, I, I same thing. The whole time I was like, all right, and Rebecca's going to show up. I'm sure she's going to be at the mansion, and they're going to, you know, hey, Rebecca, all of a sudden they remember her. No. When they said they were going to Bravo Team, I thought, okay, well, maybe they really fucked up and put Barry on Bravo Team because they mixed their letters up, and it was like, Beam is for Bravo, so Barry needs to go to Bravo <laughs> they, Team. they, like, switch Aikens and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, but. and I thought maybe they were going to go rescue Rebecca, and then we saw what Bravo Team was supposed to be. Or what Bravo Team was in the movie. And it was just those two cops that randomly went to go look at the, the, the mansion for some reason. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Um, <sighs> yeah. Again, just waste the film, people. Yeah. And he mentioned Leon isn't an idiot. Depends on your definition of idiot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love Leon most of the time. He's just blinded by certain females. A certain female. Yes. Well, I don't know. Other females can come along, too. I know, but with Helena on six, yeah. he wasn't like that. I mean, he obviously, he he's just a heart of gold, always wants to help everybody. So he helped Kind of true, if you look but, at it that way, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm so, I agree. I fucking love Leon, and I think they did him really, really dirty. Like, right next to Chris, they did them both really fucking dirty. Um, he was nothing like, I'm sorry. I know like we disagreed a little bit on that, but to me, that was not fucking Leon. There is, that is not shade to Avian Jogia who played him. Oh yeah. That is not shade to him. He did good for what he had again. Yeah. All these actors, they're good actors. This was just a terrible movie. Exactly. Yeah. No, uh, especially him. Uh, 
I feel really bad because at one point, like, he actually had to close down his social, certain social medias. Like, I think it was Instagram. He had to close down because he was literally getting death threats. Really? I didn't know that part. Yeah, over his portrayal of Leon. And I'm like, dude, like, that's not his fault. Like, he did his best. I think he's a good actor. I've known him from, like, little kitty shows, like, on Nickelodeon yeah. and stuff. Uh, I thought he was, like, a good actor and everything. Um, and I think he did really well. But, again, the character itself was shit. I, I may so, not, I may have not liked it so much, but I'm not gonna send death threats. That's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like we'll sit here and bitch about it. Yeah, but that's different. You but know? then again, we're not blaming the actors yeah. who have no control over one how things are edited, two how things are written, and three they want a paycheck. Yeah, it, it just goes down to the writing and the director. I'm sorry, that's just it's their fault to you know carry and that's that's on that that's their cross to bear exactly that's that's a that's the phrase the same <laughs> there you go um and you know again referring to our our podcast of resident evil 2 um <clears throat> irons wasn't a good guy god okay oh god i abs oh don't get me wrong i freaking love the dude who played irons, oh yeah but that was not irons no, no, no. He was, he's a good comedian and everything. Like, he's a funny actor. And I saw him, like, oh, he's that one dude from the sitcom. I thought they were having, gonna have him as Barry at first. Yes. Oh my gosh. Me too. We actually hadn't talked about that, but I thought so too for a second. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, all right, he's being like a hard ass, you know, like typical commission, you know, like the, what is it, lieutenant or whatever, yeah. telling them what to do, being a hard ass or whatever. And they said it was iron. So I was like, oh my God. I went the fuck. <laughs> All right, when's the rapiness gonna ensue? You know, the yeah. creepy, murdery grossness. And I hate that they made him really likable and yeah. funny. It's not fair. Right. It's, so he's just not irons to me. He's just some no. random cop. They made him a little bit jerky when he left, when he tried to fl- or flee. But, like, that's about Even it. Even then, though, I they made, gave him funny parts. Yeah. Like, no, you don't do that to a fucking piece of shit character. How are you going to sit there and make someone like him lovable? But, obviously, in this universe, he didn't murder people and hunt them. And, that we know of. And... But in the movie, I yeah. mean, that's what they showed. They did oh, not yeah. show that. And, and yeah, he might have. But if you don't show it to me, it didn't happen. Right? True. Um, so, it, it, yeah, they, they just tried to make him kind of a little hard-ass cop, a little lovable, you know, lovable asshole, which mm-hmm. is a fucking trope I hate. But, <laughs> I know yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that another day. But, yeah, I, I really hated that, especially because my boyfriend loved him. I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm so <laughs> fucking pissed right now. You better not. You yeah. better not. <laughs> um... We kind of already bitched about the character and how she was portrayed. Lisa Trevor wasn't clearance aisle Michael Myers. <laughs> I love that so much. I mean, like, yeah, we we said a piece about her. Like, she was never in the orphanage. She uh, never left the mansion. Well, the underground. The underground. Yeah. But she... The lab, yeah. She never... She was outside. I don't think she was actually in the mansion. She was outside of the mansion and in the lab and underground, like the underground area. No, I'm saying in the movie, in the movie. Trying to think. She was not in the mansion, I don't think. She knew her way there and that's how she took Claire and... Yeah. uh, um, Who was it? Leon? Anyway. Yeah. Like, I just... That's all. Just... That's all I can say about Lisa... They gave her a shit story in this one, 
but she also had a shit story in the original but game. for different ways but for yeah different ways just because it was a shitty thing they did to her but I feel like they really leaned heavy on the fact that she was grotesque looking to get yep. this kind of creepy, you know, scares in a way from her. And they don't explain her. Like, no. why did she look like that? I mean, I feel like in a way they kind of did by by implying that she was an umbrella experiment, which, okay, we, which we know as people that play the yeah. game. But I guess if you don't know, I think they really wanted you to know it by the little like her wearing like a, mm-hmm. the hospital gown and all that stuff and the thing around her wrist and and claire talking to her and be like are you from i can't even fucking remember what she said to her yeah but I, they were trying to like get you to know it they were implying it um very fucking lacy writing in general and mm-hmm. shitty and then one that we already mentioned at the very top of this umbrella didn't abandon raccoon umbrella was raccoon yeah, that's what it was. Umbrella was Raccoon City. Raccoon City was not a derelict town. It was a thriving city. It was a metropolis that like yeah. people wanted to live in. People were devastated when it was exploded or disappeared. Yeah, you know? when this whole like when this whole incident happened, it was fucking devastating because it was like if it happened in our town. Yeah. You know? It wasn't a ghost town that just got bombed. You know, just a few people live there, probably a population of like maybe 500, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. So why would they have that special of a team, stars, in that small of a town if Umbrella is completely like abandoned it? But see, I think that's why the director made it that way. The writers like, that's why Robertine was only two fucking regular cops. Wearing, like, a cop outfit from New York. Like, with those little weird little squarish hats or whatever. You know? And that's what they were going with. But that was fucking shit in itself. Yeah. The fact that they made it that way. That was unnecessary change. Completely unnecessary. Again. The only way I can, like, justify that is that... Or why I think they did that was because they saved a lot of money. Less actors. Less sets. Like, you know, it had to be a thriving city. And, you know... But you, you could just CGI that. You didn't really need to show that everybody. That cost money, too, But, okay, then what happens in places that have New York in it? You know, like, trying to save money, but you, you just fucked up, okay? They did. I agree with you. But I will say... Like I said, one of the redeeming things for me, the only, and the, don't even take it that way, but I really, really like how the zombies looked. Yes. I really liked how the liquors looked. Those were like actual true to game almost. Yeah. One of the few things that were. Yeah. So I was really pissed when like there's little lights, shimmer lights here and there, but it's, you know, it's like you threw glitter at like this shit stained wall and there's some stuff is pretty, but the rest fucking smells. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last point Walsh me- mentions is Chris never saw Birkin as a father figure. Nope. Not even a little Ever. bit. Like, no, I, my personal characters, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go through that later. We've kind of already hit points about what we didn't like about characters, but we're going to try to go even more on the characters. First up. So Claire Redfield, right? Okay. I'll talk about it right away and get over past this, but the fact that she didn't look anything like her, like she didn't have her iconic ponytail. Okay. Right. 
She had the jacket. All right. I'll give you that. Like she rode a motorcycle. All right. That's fine. That's cool. But she didn't ride a motorcycle into town. She rode in the semi truck into town. Yes. Yeah, that's right. She didn't use the motorcycle until she was at her brother Chris's yeah. house or whatever. She she got on the semi, which they, they I guess they had to include the iconic semi scene of like, oh, that guy's kind a of. maniac. Why by me? But they even fucking ruined that too. Yeah. Like right off the bat, you fucking are ruining things left and right. You had a dog lick up zombie blood and the dog turned against its owner. And that's how the truck driver became a zombie. It's like, seriously? Why why couldn't you just leave well enough alone? Yeah, just have like the zombie bite him. Because yeah. he, he goes up in the game, like he goes up to this person that he runs over. Because yeah. obviously he thought it was a person. And they're, they're, they're laying on the floor. And then the person, he walks away and they, they get up and bite him. And that's how he turns. And then he goes into town and starts fucking shit up. Like, you know, running over Leon and Claire almost. But... Uh, just that the whole part of her, how she got to town, just and, uh, and making him so sleazy. Yes, he wasn't me like up. he. Okay, he talked crap about his wife, but he wasn't sleazy. Yeah, and, and guess, all he really said was, huh, "Sounds like my wife." Yeah, that's a typical like, like you know married man. Yeah, humor, you know. Yeah, but he was like literally rapey vibes everywhere. Yeah. Like, oh my god, girl, I hope you're packing because he's packing. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry. Don't, probably not much. Don't, <laughs> don't worry. She trained herself. That's the thing that pissed me off oh, the yeah. most. Yeah. Is, I'm like, okay, Sherry, I could do this by myself. Right? And she clearly wasn't 19, which, you know, okay, whatever. Let bygones be bygones with the whole age thing in this movie. The severity of things, that's one of the, <laughs> on the lore priority. Yeah. Like, there's just so many other things that were even, like, worse than that. Just... The relationship between Chris and Claire is one of the biggest things for me yeah. because it's a mainstay, a staple for the franchise. That's what drives them to do what they do. Yes. Um, like for Claire to even show up because she can't, she can't, she's not in contact with, or she can't get a hold of her brother. So she goes into town and, you know, tries to meet up with him. And then all this, obviously it's the middle of a fucking zombie apocalypse, basically. And that's what she steps into. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like to me, Claire was always like super sweet and super caring and super helpful. And they just, yeah, like what um, one of the other reviews were saying, like she just was like this a spoiled little brat girl. Yeah. Like she didn't even care. Well, why the fuck are you even there then if you hate right. him so much? Like get the fuck out of here. It's in the water. Okay. And then <laughs> like, I mean, it was, but I know, but yeah. there could have been so many different ways to deliver lines that she did okay that's the one actor i will say she did get a bad script but she could have played it differently to make it seem more like claire do you know what i mean because yeah. she did her 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 lines but she did it bitchy whereas claire would have done those lines but it would have been more like actual concern like for chris it, yeah exactly but she didn't she was just doing it because she felt like she had to because that was her brother but that's because the director literally make a whole made a whole different movie with a whole different character. So yeah, so it's just like it mostly wasn't her fault, but because who knows if she did it the way that 
I'm saying she probably would have been fired. <laughs> right. Well, and I'm sure, like you said, she's there for paycheck. She's trying to do what she was there to do. I'm sure, like, she didn't really have a, a choice or a say. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know how that shit works. I know certain actors have a say, but I feel for the most part for this movie, I don't think they did. Well, okay. So most actors are given, like, a background story on the character. She probably saw that she wasn't close to her brother yeah. and chose to play it that way. She didn't do any of her research. Right. Of the actual games. But again, that's because it was nothing like there anyway. Yeah. So it's almost, it would have been even worse, I think. I don't know. I guess I don't know. We don't know how that would have turned out if the actors themselves knew. But allegedly the director <laughs> knew yeah. the background. So. Yeah, okay. My ass. <laughs> um, but Kaya Scordelario. Scordelario. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I know she's a good actress. Like, I've seen her in other things, and she's not been bad. She's actually usually a good actress. Oh. So for, you know, that to be... Yeah, I don't want to shit on the actors. But she's the only one that I felt could have done a little bit better. A little more, right? A little bit yeah, more. I agree. She's also the one that, to me, looks... Okay, I shouldn't say it that way, because I agree with... Same thing with Leon. Again, it's not the race thing. I just feel like with, like, for example, with... Actually, I'm, I'm going to talk about it when we get to Leon. But okay. um, but yeah, I, with Kaya, I think that they should at least fucking tie her hair up. Yeah. It would have looked a little bit more like Claire Dubois. At least that little bit could have been helpful. I agree. And then Chris, we kind of already had a bitch session about Chris. <laughs> but seriously, he seemed like a lost little puppy the whole fucking time. It was painful. But that is not Chris. Like, no. It's kind of like what you were saying about Chris and Seven. That was literally Chris from Seven. Yeah. Resident Evil Seven. Like, that's not Chris. Not even a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> exactly. That? Like, I just... Ah, oh, man. It was, like, painful to watch. I was super excited when I saw Robbie Amell was going to be Chris. Like, I was like, finally. Because I know he had said in the past that he's played the Resident Evil games. Ooh. So I was like... Somebody who's played the games can appreciate the character, knows <sighs> he's probably one of the few people that tried to fight for the right character, but might have been like, hey, fuck around and find out, you know? So he yeah, did the best what he could. That's too bad. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Chris is one of those like self-made badasses. Mm -hmm. um, and he was the complete opposite in the movie. I'll, I guess we could sit here and say the same thing for every single character, though, basically. Yeah. And that's what's sad about it. It's like, there's literally not one character I can think of that I was like, oh, that was pretty all right for me personally. Yeah. I don't know how you feel, but. Well, when you go inside Chris's house, you see all this umbrella memorabilia, all this like super proud of being a Raccoon City person. And like, you're like, Chris would not have had that up. Because in the games, if you go around in two and three in the original games, you could go around and see each person's desk and it describes their personality. Uh -huh. Chris didn't have any of that type of shit in his desk. Yeah. He was like, boom, messy, but <laughs> you know, like yeah. Chris was not that at all. Like no. he had like movie. a leather jacket, mm -hmm. which I mean, to me, that's Chris. A guitar. Yeah. Chris again. Uh huh. Just, like, also the things that they wrote down. Like, they had notes and stuff mm -hmm. written by themselves. Gives you a little insight about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it just was not Chris what they did. Yeah. I just, 
moving on. <laughs> so moving on to Jill Valentine. So, I mean, same thing. She was a great actress. We already went over it. It's almost like being a dead horse right now, but... She's um, not a horn dog. She doesn't pine over any guy. She doesn't aim guns at people like that. Unless she's gonna shoot. Yeah. But to just joke around, nah. She doesn't fucking say her own line. Like, or the line that Barry did for her. She right? doesn't say the you're almost a Jill sandwich line. Mm-hmm. No. No. Just no. I'm sorry. That was so fucking cringe to me. I went, oh, yeah, they had to add it in somehow, right? So they really, really worked hard to do that. I, I was like, did that just really happen? happen? Exactly. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I was so confused at that whole, like... I was embarrassed for her, like, as a character. Right? I was like, girl, honey, I'm sorry. You were made to do that. Yeah. Sorry. She also kind of seemed like a, a little lost puppy yeah. pining after Wesker. Yeah. Again, in the game, Wesker was older and he wasn't like a big hunk. Uh, He's not that much Wesker. older than them, though. I mean, I think it's at least a decade older than them. Yeah, but that's still not like... But in the game, though, or in the, I'm sorry, in the movie, though, it was kind of like, like they were they all were... college buds, yeah. like literally in the same grade. I don't. To me, that wasn't the vibe from the games. The vibe was that Wesker and Marini were authoritative figures. Yeah. They were older, more mature, more experienced. Same thing with Barry. And obviously, Barry was not in the movie, but that that's just you didn't. I didn't get that in the no. in the in the movie. So. But I mean, the only reason I kind of felt it is because his name was Wesker. So I was expecting it. Not like, I don't know. I just just disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> Uh, there's not much more to say about Jill, so let's just move on to your mans, the one that pissed you off the most. Kennedy. To me, it's laughable, but it's literally the one that has the most background story connected to it. He shows up drunk, and he was a rookie. Yep, those are the only two things that uh, were related to him, but literally the only... Oh, sorry. Chris and Claire were brother and sister, too. Sorry, that's a major plot point, too. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, don't forget about that. Yeah. But I mean, seriously, if if we're going by background stories, the closest ones to be stu- or stuck to it is Leon. And that was so bad, though. Like, they did him so dirty. Uh, like I said, like, kind of like with Claire pulling her hair up in a ponytail. They could have had him just cut his hair down, giving him the Leon haircut. You know, I don't know. I'm sorry. But when you're that much of an iconic character, I'm expecting that look. And, you know, it's not the race thing. It's just like the fucking personality traits they wrote him to be obviously i get it you're a rookie it was so fucking on the nose like he really doesn't know shit like no he was literally given the job because he was so competent he was so he got to choose wherever he wanted to go basically yeah he was a you know a really good shot just just really smart and for them to completely fucking flip like his personality it was just fucking gross to me i was just pissed i was just really pissed um you know, and uh, I don't care. Like, I know people are like, oh, well, he had these funny liners and stuff. Like, you, you know, I know, like, you said that, but, like, to me, that's Oh, yeah, still... he did also have one-liners, too. Like, yes. that's why I'm like, Leon is one of the ones that bothers me the least. But to me, <laughs> I know. I And that's where we disagree, because to yeah. me, that was, like, a slap in the face, because it's like, it just wasn't good, though. It wasn't uh, a confident Leon, because to me, even in the second game, he was confident in himself. And he was, he always wanted to do right by people and be yeah. a fucking good cop. 
and what i got from this other guy who's very like not sure himself like he almost didn't fucking care and that to me that's not leon leon fucking cared he literally fucking almost killed himself to protect i know you hate her ada but <laughs> but that just to me that that's who leon is he's gonna go out of his way to fucking protect others because remember his backstory was that yeah a cop protected him and that's why he like really developed the sense of justice and everything so to me the way that avian joe portrayed him he i'm sure was a script was like just kind of like eh, showing up drunk like i don't give a fuck ah, why am i even here like that's just how it came across to me and that's what pissed me off i think he did kind of have redeemingness toward the end though so that's why I, I didn't get so pissed off like i was super pissed at first when he was bumbling around and all that stuff but like once he actually met up with claire his character got better and closer to leon so that's why, to me, Leon is the least of my problems of the movie. I think my problem is to, I'm comparing everything, like, I, I'm sorry, but I am comparing it to the game because that's what it was based off of. When you have a game where this character is the main character and he's so competent and to go from that to someone who's barely on screen, first of all, and when he is, it's fucking shit. I mean, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's just, it is what it is to me. It sucks. But yeah, but you know what I'm trying to say though, right? Yes, that he was like the lesser of the evils, I mm -hmm. guess. <laughs> yeah, seriously yeah. though. But uh, like, you know, a lot of stuff did piss me off about Leon too. Don't get me wrong. One part that really, really pissed me off was in the jail cell when Leon got close enough to Ben for him to snatch his keys. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Even as a rookie cop, who doesn't care? You would know not to get that close to anybody in a jail cell. Yeah. Exactly. Also, did we forget about a very important character in Resident Evil 2 that didn't make an appearance? X gonna give it to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, trust me. <laughs> Believe me. I was like, how are they gonna put Mr. X in here? This is where Ben dies. His head gets squished. Where's, okay, where's Mr. X? Okay, where's the tyrant? Okay, where's... No, no. <clears throat> Wait, are we watching Resident Evil? Yeah, because the only quote-unquote big bad person was Lisa Trevor. Oh, I guess Birkin. Birkenstock. But barely rememberable. Rememberable. Barely memorable. Barely remembers. <laughs> no, uh, he doesn't because he doesn't exist in uh, movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, well, let's get into Albert Wesker. I mean, Dr. Albert Wesker. Oh, that he ain't a doctor in this. Not in this no. one. No, 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 no. So there you go. One strike for just bastardizing the character. And I already said this, but like his complete lack of knowledge of Umbrella. That is Wesker. Wesker is Umbrella in the first game. He literally built up the company with other people. Birkenstocks. Yeah. Well, yeah. Besides Birkin. Yeah. But like... I just, I can't get my head around Wesker being that dumb. Mm -hmm. He is one that's completely flipped around. There is zero. The only thing that's kind of close to Wesker is how he looks. And that's just kind of. Kind of, yeah. Because he's too tall and too built. Not that I would complain, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, just. I, I Maybe it's because he's literally mentioned in every single Resident Evil game. Right. In some way or another, because of how tied he was to Umbrella. Right. So to take that away from his character 
is just asinine. Again, it's just a whole different movie that has nothing to do with Resident Evil. <sighs> so, you know the scene where for some reason the helicopter crashes into the mansion and Jill and Wesker split up mm-hmm. and he meets up with Birkin? Yeah, that's supposed to be a different Umbrella team coming in, you know, to take the G sample. Hunk. Yeah, from, uh, you know, Birkin. Yeah. And Sherry's not supposed to be there and Annette's not supposed to be there. Uh-huh. It doesn't even take place in the mansion, though. It takes no. place in the sewers, you know, outside of a nest or whatever. Oh, my God. Like, I, I just... <laughs> there's so many wrong things connected and... Wesker didn't even fucking know Birkin. Mm-hmm. Had no clue who Birkin was. Yeah, no, no, no. Like I said, I, 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 I'm we're a broken getting, record yes, at, at this, this point. point. I'm just getting tired of saying the director fucking sucks. Uh-huh. It's a whole different movie. It is worse than the original and movies. That is hard to say. That is very hard for me to say. Me and too. I'm sure for you too. Yeah. It is very fucking hard to say. You don't understand. I'd almost rather watch the third Resident Evil movie that I've never seen on principle than have to watch this movie again. Same. I only watched the first two. And, you know, they fuck up my girl, Jill. I'm good. I'm I'm not that good. And after that, I was like, oh, hell no. They're like, okay, no, I'm sorry. I lied. I did watch a third movie. And it was ass. It was with... Claire, quote unquote, Claire was in there. And Carlos. Yeah, and Carlos, and oh my god. Anyway, uh, yeah, but after that one, I, I'm like, I'm not gonna see it. It's nothing like the game, so what the fuck's the point? Yeah. Tired of fucking Alice being OP'd over here. Like, why the fuck does, is anybody else here? You don't need anybody else when you have Alice. Like, that's, right. there's no fucking point. I get it. Like, you're why pay that much? <laughs> yeah, but why pay that much for other actors if you're just gonna really use one? Um, the one good thing, the one shining light, the one beacon of hope <laughs> in this movie was the five seconds of Ada Wong. And not because she was in it, just because it was only five seconds of Ada Wong. Yeah, I know. When I saw this, I was like, oh, Dee's going to love this. <laughs> I mean, not, but yes, because at yeah. least she was not in the whole fucking movie because that might have even made it a little worse. I, I might have just walked out. Yeah. Uh, okay, can you imagine a movie where, like, Ada's in it a lot? No. Like, this fucking movie with Ada in it. You know what? That might be the only character that was written correctly, because she's the only character that has been written correctly. So I lied. Leon's not the one that's been written correctly. <gasps> Ada was. Oh, my God. she just become your favorite no. character? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't take the shit show characters on here. So. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. I was I was even surprised, to be honest, towards the end. I, well, I was that flabbergasted about the fucking disaster. Like, what the fuck did I just watch? Then I'm like, oh, shit. I forgot about her. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's a Resident Evil too. But just the whole fucking, like you said, the whole Wesker not even being a part of Umbrella, but being hired like kind of like a mercenary type thing. Yeah. And then Ada coming in, being like... The person who was giving him all the information. Yeah, like... Uh, yeah, okay, there are times where Ada was giving him information, and there are times that he gives Ada information, and they do work together. So that part, I'm like, okay, kind of. Yeah, but it's just not how it happened. It's not how it took no. place. So that's a beef with that. 
Um, okay, so then uh, the main villain uh, was William Birkin, Birkenstocks. And I love the actor that played Birkin. I think he did, a, like, he was a good Birkin. Like, uh, I could see him as Birkin. You know, honestly, when you think about it, he was almost like the best written character, though, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Because he did love his family. I mean, he was very... Except for the whole orphanage bullshit. I mean, he was... He did do stuff in the orphanage. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so in the remake, the orphanage was in the remake. That's where it came from. And they did do experimentation on kids. And William, I I know like a lot of people kind of like are like, eh, he's not the best villain. I do personally think he's evil. Like, Oh, yeah. But at the same time, there's still a piece of him that's still a good person because... I don't know. And it's he, to me that's what makes him a good character because I'm very conflicted about it. Like I want to hate him, but I also want to feel bad for him. There's definitely more flaws to him than there is. And the only good thing is like towards the end him and Annette with their daughter, the whole time yeah. they neglected her, but you do realize that they did love her, you know, whether or not they were shitty parents. But yeah, no, he did a lot of fucked up shit. I mean, whether or not you take the remake out, even in the original, he, he was fucking experimented on Lisa. Like, he experimented with a G on her. Like, he... Yeah. And, you know, it's all in the name of science to them. They, It's almost like they weren't really reacting with... Greater good. Yes, for the greater good. They weren't thinking with emotion. It was just all about science results and, you know. I think they could have done better with him, too. It was all rapid. They wanted him to go from G1 to G5 like that. Yeah. Like, like, why? Oh. Because they tried to put two games together that didn't belong together. Yeah. <laughs> Along with the Birkin family, we have Annette Birkin, who seemed to be just a housewife mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. Even though Annette, you know, helped with Umbrella. Yeah, she was a scientist in her own right that worked at Umbrella. So, yeah. I think they did her dirty. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, she's not a great parent either, but she did love her daughter. Yeah, and she did. in the movie, obviously, she was a good mother because she was with her the whole time. But yeah. it was not Annette. Not the Annette from the games. That was Karen Birkin. Karen Birkin, Karen Birkin. <laughs> but no, seriously, she looked like a Karen. Yeah. And... <laughs> So, yeah, I was a little pissed about Annette because she was a super smart female in the science industry. And instead of making her that, they just made her a mom. There's nothing to... We're not trying to say that that's a bad thing. No. But when it comes to, like, the game... And the character. Just the portrayal was yeah. shitty. Well, that kind of ties in with Sherry because the whole reason that... Like, Sherry was the way she was, was because she was neglected by her really brilliant parents because they were too focused on work. In the movie, obviously, she's portrayed, I, you know, she was not the same Sherry either. She wasn't neglected like that. I, don't, I didn't get that vibe from her. No, that she seemed like a very sheltered yes. child. Yes. She was like a privileged sheltered kid because yep. they were the rich people in town in the movie and they were able to try to secure themselves or whatever but anyway um nothing like the game obviously so but like we already said bravo team is a thing in the games <laughs> um, <laughs> i mean they were a part of the game for a reason 
they made, they should have been there because without Bravo team, the real Bravo team, the alpha team would not have been sent there. But I guess theoretically they did send Bravo team. Well, it's just a fucking mess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't want to go back and watch it again. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, exactly. Because it was wrong anyway. It was fucking wrong the whole time. Anyway, so it doesn't even matter. He was an integral part of the team of stars. He was an amazing marksman. He was kind of like, you know, he was like a leader. He wasn't maybe like the captain, but he was a leader in the team. Mm -hmm. And he did a lot for the team. Like he got them, you know, he knew a lot about guns and like, you know, was able to get them like their own like um, stars edition guns and like, you know, was in charge of like that stuff, like ammo and guns. And he was the dad of the team. Basically. Yeah. So for them to like just completely exclude him like that, fuck you. <laughs> right. And then Rebecca, I could kind of see cutting her out just for the fact of she was a side character. Barry was a side character too, but he was a very, like you said, integral part of the uh, game itself. So I will disagree with you on that because Rebecca had her own game and she she should have been a part of this. But if they were just going to do one and two together, I can see why they kind of took her out of it. No, but, but I mean, they still had Bravo team there. Well, quote unquote. Exactly. That's the, like, that's the whole thing. They just fucked up the whole portrayal of Bravo team. So, Um, but if anything, I think she definitely should have been there. Like, okay, sure. Kill her off whatever i still would have bitched about it don't get me wrong yeah but you didn't even fucking mention them like either of them um okay so the easter eggs in the game or in the movie of the games i wholly appreciated the the clip of alexia and alfred from code veronica tearing the dragon fly wings off i appreciated it Mm -hmm. but i said why the fuck is it being played here Mm-hmm. because the only reason that is played is so you can understand to take off the wings of exactly. the, the key in Code Veronica. So it's just like, eh? Yeah, to me, they're not Easter eggs. To me, they're like shit bomb, glitter bombs, you know, <laughs> that like, here you go. It's pretty, but and then it's all fucking everywhere and it's a mess. Birkin wearing the tall oak shirt, um, that picture of the boat... The itchy tasty. There was other ones, but there's a lot of Code Veronica references, which made me happy, but also made me go, why in this one? If you plan on making other movies. I'm telling you, I swear that they made they wanted it to flop on purpose. Like I swear. Like there's no mm-hmm. other explanation. Besides this guy was just way over his head and he should not be directing. I'm not sorry for saying that. I'm not sorry for saying that. Not a Resident Evil movie anyway. I don't know. I don't know, man. I know that sounds fucking harsh, but how the fuck do you fuck something up like this? I don't even know. Exactly. And he knows Resident Evil. He loves the game. (laughs) But Johans Roberts is the director and writer. And as we said before, Paul W.S. Anderson was an executive producer. So as soon as I saw his name pop up Mm -hmm. on the thing, I was like, and that's fucking why. 
this was a shit show. I think he made it so his other ones would look good. Wow. I mean, where's the lie? It's like, yes, yes, excellent. Damn. And that is something else. I didn't even and think about that. Jeremy Bolt, an executive producer, also connected to the original Resident Evil movies. And basically everybody that was involved in the original Resident Evil movies was still involved with these ones. So for us to expect a good change, it wasn't going to happen. It was doomed to fail because of all the people that were tied to the movie, previous movies. I mean, Conspiracy theory! Yeah! I mean, literally, you go to the IMDb page and you go on the produced by. Everybody except for James Harris has something to do with the original Resident Evil movies. Okay, so that's the thing, though. Like, I see what they were trying to do with it. Because when I do picture Welcome to Raccoon City and the Paul W. Anderson Resident Evil, there's definitely a stark contrast in the sense that, yes, the the Anderson ones seem very Hollywoodized. You know, like those action scenes and less of the horror. It's just basically the Mila Jovovich show. Mm -hmm. With this one... They were trying, I will say, I do notice a difference. They were trying to keep more of that horror, you know, but I mean, it was just executed yeah. poorly. That's yeah. what it is. I can, I can see that. Yeah. You know, I wish I could sit here and be like, that's a good effort. Really great. But I, I can't. Not, no. You know, not in good conscience be here and be like, no, you know, good try. No, I could say you could, you should have done better. Yeah. You could have. You chose not to, but you could have. Are there other things in the world we should be more concerned about? Yeah, sure, of course. But, like I said, Resident <laughs> Evil has been a big part of my life for many, many, many years now. And to fuck something up this bad? Yeah. Just, like, get fucked, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> right in the cooter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, write your own movie. Like you There's said. nothing wrong with that. Take the inspiration. That's fine. Like, yeah, we would have been like, this kind of writes to Resident Evil. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with there's that. There's been plenty of movies that I'm like, oh, that's, that's some Resident Evil shit right there. Yeah. How many times? Yeah, exactly. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Same thing with like video games even then. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's like kind of like reminds me of Resident Evil. Just because we played that one the most. And that's mm -hmm. one of our most favorite franchises. Just like I hear a lot of people who play a lot of Dark Souls. like Oh, with Elden so, Ring? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Elden Ring. But like even like other video games that are kind mm -hmm. of tied to that. You hear that's some Dark Souls shit right there. Yeah, exactly. So like. Because that I'm, was like the original. Yeah. I may not have played a lot of dark souls but i understand that like if they made a dark yes. souls movie this is like your dark souls yes basically and it's like yeah this is what we compare things to and yeah i agree <clears throat> another thing i wanted to point out was like just umbrella itself as an entity was so fucking different like it to me it, it was, seemed weak yeah it, it was just did I feel like they, they did? I'm sorry, but they didn't get across like just how powerful and fucking terrifying they are. There was zero explanation that it was a worldwide company, and that they that, were into like heavy shit, yeah, like, besides just the zombies and stuff, yeah, not just the US and that tiny town of Raccoon City trusted. 
the entire world at that time trusted and relied on a lot of umbrella products. Mm-hmm. So for that to not come across in the movie at all again is another not Resident Evil yeah that's not some Resident Evil shit <laughs> exactly or I'll say that's some RE shit <laughs> <laughs> that's some RE shit right there so who would you say is the one character that let's say they made a whole different movie and it was really really good but you had to keep one character from this movie who would it be Birkin I like that. I really like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Same. <laughs> Same. I agree. Or even Ada. Oh, okay. I, I like that too. Mm-hmm. I think they were the best portrayed characters. Yes. Even though they were still a little flawed in their own ways. But yeah. I would not keep any of the main heroes. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Or Wesker. Which like, is unfortunate just... because Robbie Amell's character, like his portrayal, you know, went to waste. You didn't say we didn't get to keep the actors. Okay. Oh, but- because <laughs> i still think robbie amell and i think a lot of the actors i'd probably recast claire oh absolutely but maybe if i put her hair in a ponytail and saw her like actually acting maybe like she claire, dropped the bitch attitude maybe she could be yeah. claire maybe all right but yeah i would have to say the same i would have to say birkin or ada because uh they were yeah they didn't get as much screen time either, so that helped a little bit. Yeah. Especially Ada. But... Who's your for sure gone? Oh, for sure gone. Gone. Oh, my God. This is too hard. You can only choose one to leave. Oh, no. And be completely rewritten oh, to shit. the right character. Um, It's really, really hard. Can I skip this question? No. <laughs> um, can I pick all of them? No. no. <laughs> um, okay. Like, right off the bat, I want to go with Leon. Okay, hold but... on, hold on. Two characters. Um, one male, one female. Female, I'd have to say Claire, because she was just not Claire. And, um, okay, so are we keeping this movie, though? Yeah. But just replay. Play- okay, so because the way it was written and Claire was the leading person, that can move the whole movie along Okay, the but no, like... Their plot can change the movie for the most part. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, then, yes, it would still be Claire. Because, to me, she was the one that moved the plot along in the movie, but not in a good kind way. Kind of. So, definitely, it would be Claire. Um, I agree, I agree. For a male, I'd have to say... Oh, gosh. Um, I have to say Leon, because... Yeah. What about you? Claire. Mm-hmm. Wesker. I knew we were going to say Wesker. Because, yeah. I mean, he is Resident Evil and you need to have him written that way. Yeah, that's fair. Because then it would fill a bunch of plot holes that are in the movie. That's why I would have to leave Leon the way he is, unfortunately. And Chris, unfortunately. You know, like, I would take those hits to fill those plot holes. Yeah. I hate it. But. <laughs> but. <laughs> the lesser of two evils. Dude. Yeah. Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City, folks. <laughs> Sorry, copyright. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so do you have an Easter egg from the movie that was one of your favorites? The only reason I picked the film of Alexia and Alfred is because it is from my one of my favorite Resident Evil games mm-hmm. that a lot of people just 
forget about for some reason, even though it was phenomenal. Yeah. But like I said, I had said before, I don't understand the placement of it and why it was put there. Exactly. I will say, though, I thought it was good. I, yeah. I knew right away where it was from. I was like, oh, my God, this looks really good. Like, it, like, just got taken yeah, from the game. Exactly. And that's there. literally what I thought. I was like, no, it's actually live people. It's actually live people. And it looks just like the fucking game. Why couldn't the rest of the movie look this good? <sighs> How about you? I, it's, it's hard for me to pick one, but the keys. Because we love those keys. Yeah. So, the, the you know, like the club, spade, you know, diamond, hockey. Yeah. yeah. From Resident Evil 2. But, uh. That's about it. Like you were saying, like the whole itchy, tasty thing, that pissed me off too. I was like, that's not right. That's not how. That's not how any of this works. I will say, I also liked in the mansion when that zombie turned around. I thought the mansion was good. Like I said, I loved the lighting and the atmosphere of the whole movie for the most part, and I really liked the scenes filmed in the mansion because for a split second, I almost forgot about everything else, and it almost felt like it should have been how the fucking movie started for mm-hmm. the most part. Like, there was just a little bit of, like, that's Resident Evil. You know what my favorite scene was? What? When Chris in the mansion was shooting all those zombies and all you see was... The shots, yup. I agree. Because I'm, like, 90% sure that that was a commercial back in the day Mm -hmm. for Resident Evil. I guess that's an Easter egg. Yeah. You know another thing I did like about the movie was the 90s music that they played. Because this took place in the late 90s. So Uh I like that. Like in the truck, when uh, Claire got in the semi-truck, they like played a 90s song. And then Leon was listening on his fucking probably a Walkman or something. He was listening to, uh, what was it? Um, The Cardigans, my favorite game, which I freaking love that song. Super 90s. Very, very 90s. Oh, and then do you remember when Brad was playing that mobile game? On this phone before he yes. got attacked in the helicopter. Yes. Hell the snake. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was good. I did like um, that. And then Wesker had a pager and a PDA. Yep. That was a straight up 90 shit right there. Um, Another character that I forgot about was Tofu. Um, uh, yeah. Where was Tofu? Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> like. Duh. I think the worst one was Mr. X not being there though. Mr. X. And the whole tyrant scene. Yes. Where you're realizing, guy. holy shit, Wesker's the bad guy. Because when I was a kid, I didn't see the plot twist coming. What but honestly, I think that's kind of why I started actually paying more attention to different characters in movies and video games and things like that is because of that twist. It made me more observant. Yeah. Because you I was like... So betrayed. I ain't getting, nope, this isn't happening to me again. <laughs> Wesker scarred me in so many good ways. Why well, bad ways, whoa, bad ways. Whoa. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this episode was... Uh, Making us relive our torture? Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty great. Um, yeah. Your definition of great and my definition of great are two different things right now. (laughs) (laughs) I kid. Uh, I mean, it was fun bitching about it. It was fun. That part was totes fun. But anyway, next time, we're going to bring some happiness. And we're going to thank you for being a friend with the Golden Girls. Yeah! Awesome! They are so fun. I love that show. We'll have fun again, but in a much 
more lower blood pressure sort of way. Yeah, you want to be a little relaxed next time. <laughs> really quick though, since this is our 10th episode, we wanted to celebrate a little bit. So the first 10 people that retweet this episode will get a small token of our appreciation. A cool Ally Revel sticker that we designed. A little thanks for listening to us. Thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs> You're a real one, dog. <laughs> Straight up. Get some OGs up in here. Of course, follow us on all of our social media, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, and even, eventually, our website. It's a work in progress, but we're getting there. Yeah, um, everything is a work in progress. I mean, not only just our podcast, but our Instagram, we haven't been really active there. So that's kind of like, you know, the plan in the next couple months is for us to keep building our community and being more active because we truly want to. We truly want this. We really like doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just going to get better every time. It is. It is. Because you're magical. So, Dee, you ready to wrap this up? Let's get done talking about this shit. Yes. (laughs) Toodaloo, fellow rebels. Wesker scarred me in so many good ways. Bad ways. Bad ways. Whoa. (laughs) Oh. Shut up.